When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me. Uh, lots to talk about this morning. And yes, not all COVID. Yay! Although we have got those uh, booster jabs. Uh, we've also got uh, uh, the local elections uh, coming up tomorrow, which Westminster has... <laughs> God, bl- God bless them as a former Westminster journalist, uh, dubbed Super Thursday. I'm sure we're all feeling that joy. Uh, and obviously going to talk an awful lot about those uh, veterans who, well, their trial collapsed as the judge formally pronounced them not guilty for the um, uh, killing of the IRA commander Joe McCann back in 1972, 49 years later, aged in their early 70s, two ex-soldiers facing that trial. Another 50 uh, also still facing prosecution and uh, they may now see their the cases against them collapse for the very same reasons. We'll talk about all of that coming up. And joining me for all the chat, Emma Revel. She's Head of Public Affairs at the Institute of Economic Affairs, the free market think tank. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, let's, uh, shall we start with uh, those veterans, actually? Let's start with something different. I don't know if we're on about COVID. I know, everybody. I know. Uh, but uh, I think this is a very important case. Um, I think we can all understand the urge that people have who have lost loved ones, whether they were good people or bad people. Uh, But the urge that people have to get justice for their loved ones is understandable. And we know that, of course, what happened in the events and the troubles in Northern Ireland has has such far reaching tentacles into the future, um, uh, particularly uh, particularly for uh, for those who who lost their loved ones. But uh, yesterday we saw almost 50 years after first being questioned about the shooting of an official IRA commander, Joe McCann, who was 24 years old and were told unarmed at the point when he was shot dead by two former paratroopers, now aged 71 and 70. They were allowed to walk free from court yesterday after the case against them collapsed when the judge ruled that the evidence that was presented against them was actually inadmissible because this was um, evidence that had been gleaned when they had no legal representation, when they were giving uh, giving evidence uh, in a in a hearing to basically try and sort of, you know, establish facts in a sort of, I mean, we're sort of talking truth and reconciliation South Africa style committee uh, uh, many, many years ago. It's the first case against servicemen deployed during the Troubles since the signing of the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. And there are an estimated 200 other veterans of a similar age group at risk of prosecution. What did you make of the, first, the decision to prosecute in this case and the, de- and the judge's decision to, uh, well, collapse the trial and pronounce the two men not guilty? 
Well, from what the judges said when deciding that the trial, you know, couldn't continue any further, it seemed like the decision to prosecute was based on not solid evidence, you know, evidence that that would be ruled inadmissible further down the line. And uh, the judge expressed his concern that uh, if they thought that the evidence given in, in 2010 warranted a new investigation, that a new investigation wasn't had, they just relied on that evidence, which, as you say, was given not under police caution or with any legal representation. So, I mean, I'm not a legal expert, but it, it does seem like this was bound to happen and it wasn't investigated properly well, in indeed. the way it should have been that could have seen a prosecution well, further down the line. Indeed, I mean, Paul Johnston, who was the deputy director of the historical inquiries team, he's a retired detective chief superintendent, Superintendent and his his report on the death of Joe McCann was used to justify those charges. Uh, uh, he accused the prosecutors of failing to act in the interests of justice. He said his investigators, who so their evidence was used to justify bringing these charges. He said his investigators have found no new or compelling evidence against the ex-Paris. Now they're known only as Soldier A and Soldier C uh, back in 2010, and they had concluded there should be no criminal probe. And yet, without his support, the case was referred to the Northern Ireland Public Prosecution Service. Um, this seems particularly, I think, um, egregious to people who, who are supporting these veterans, and that would include include the, the now recently, was he sacked, did he resign, was he sacked before he could resign, Defence Minister Johnny Mercer, who we're going to be speaking to you later on the show, is that we've, we've got this uh, situation where uh, former IRA commanders and, and others involved in the Troubles uh, were being you know released from prison without serving anything close to their full times. People who've been on the run and never served justice, not facing time behind bars. This amnesty for those uh, who, who, who've been involved in paramilitary organisations and yet 50 years on prosecuting um, the army officers involved in alleged alleged atrocities. Now, I understand that we need to hold those in uniform representing us, whether they be police or, or military, to a higher standard than we hold you know, paramilitary, let's face it, criminal organisations uh, uh, like the IRA. Uh, and, and yet, if we are going to try and put the past behind us, an amnesty needs to go across the board, doesn't it? Well, I mean, uh, I think it is important to investigate these things, but I think that is the thing that was missing from this particular case is investigation. What it seems to have done is use the, the 2010 sort of evidence finding uh, process in looking at the troubles from all sides and taking evidence from all, all sorts of different people and wrapped that up. Uh, retrospectively to back to 1972 and saying, oh, well, we have new evidence. And you don't have new evidence. You yeah. you just, you have exactly the same as what you had before and there wasn't enough for a prosecution then. So even 11 years after that, bringing a prosecution now seems to have been the wrong decision. Yeah. I think investigating is fine, but investigating properly. Yeah, indeed. And we I mean, say we've got dozens and dozens of other soldiers who are facing this. And again, we've seen what's happened uh, post-Iraq and post-Afghanistan, veterans facing trials and prosecutions and investigations again and again and again for the same alleged crimes. Um, I mean, yes, if, look, again, I can understand families wanting justice. I absolutely understand that. But the difficulty of this, of course, is is, is people so many decades on uh, being expected to give evidence on, and, these, and have these things hanging over their lives, especially in their early 70s as well. Um, let's also talk uh, about um, events yesterday in terms of the foreign ministers and the like with this, again, more ridiculous posing, these, the G7 foreign ministers meeting um and uh and and they're all standing you know miles apart from each other wearing masks i mean 
Frankly, a lot of deep sighing, uh, really. I mean, I do find it extraordinary. Uh, but the UK has pledged extra cash to fast-track vaccines to fight new variants. It's another £29 million on top of the almost £20 million. Uh, already uh, uh, being promised. Um, we, we've got sort of you know more talk about uh, you know the world the world sort of leading economic countries working together and bringing in some of those um, growing economic powerhouses and trying to basically bring them in from the I suppose the uh, the threats of uh, of Russia and China who who, who reach out to those countries and, and offer them financial support. Um, do you think that uh, we are going to be seeing? Everyone talks about a new world order. Do you, do you think we are going to be seeing anything along those lines? I think it's very hard to see when you're in the middle of it. I think maybe, you know, it could be one of those cases where we look back in 20 years and go, ah, actually, that was particularly important. That was a turning point for the West's relationship with India or sub-Saharan Africa, for example. It's very hard to tell when you're in it. But I think it's interesting. This was an incredibly important meeting that happened yesterday. And the only thing that anyone seems to have noticed is that the photo looked a bit creepy. (laughs) It looked like they were all additioning to being craft work. It was a very, very bizarre (laughs) picture. Yeah, I think someone said on Twitter yesterday that I can't wait to see the TikTok dance they're about to burst into when the music starts. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's uh, let's also talk about, of course, on my favourite topic. Not, it's not my favourite topic. I, I loathe and despise. I have to talk about this all the time. It's COVID. Um, absolutely fascinating yesterday. Just for some reason, I mean, for some utterly bizarre reason, some other media organisations still seem to think it's worth talking to Professor Neil Ferguson of Imperial College, the man who has been right, wrong about... Everything ever. I mean, I don't think the man can spell his own name. I genuinely think the man is so unfeasibly incorrect on every single thing that he predicts is going to happen. Uh, and uh, and yes, he made various predictions about how we could face quarantine-free European travel by the summer across the board. We know the Green List is going to be published on Friday. He was also asked about how he thought things were going. Um, and he said, you know, the data was all going in the right direction and said rather wonderfully, the data is very much in line with what we expected. The Telegraph has written a fabulous piece today, tearing apart this claim, which is, I mean, frankly laughable. But of course, at no point did anyone say, well, that's not true, is it, Professor Ferguson? Every single prediction you've made has been utterly doom laden, including what at any point we come it coming out of uh, the lockdown three, whether it was in April, May, June, July or August, you predicted a devastating wave of a spike of COVID cases and deaths um, um, and in all scenarios and the latest evidence as if we needed to see it when we can see death toll four yesterday four on, on a Tuesday um, but the, there's no evidence uh, of a spike in cases after schools returned on 8th of March um, 0.34% of secondary pupils tested positive in late March so again no higher than in any other you know the, the community spread there's no evidence that last autumn when kids were back at school between September and December that the, the rate of uh, infection in schools was any higher than the local community uh, was representing so they, they weren't hotbeds of infection um, it is it is extraordinary to me that people still take seriously, annoyingly, including the government, a man who has predicted uh, using his computer models again and again and again that things will happen that have not happened and yet is still taken seriously. Anyone else listening right now who did their job that badly and got things that wrong would be out on their ear. Yeah, it's important to model different scenarios. What could happen if this uh, and, you know, feed in as much information as you can. But the the idea that a model can predict a, a wave in the summer uh, like we saw last winter when actually everyone's been vaccinated and it's summer and people will be outside where spread is much lower is just. But, you know, that that model 
fine have it or what if but you, there should be also a disclaimer that says this one is so unlikely that we've just put it in the but, bin but it's not we're, the, we're never going to get it out the again. models i mean again from imperial where he works but also warwick's models as well and a few other models all predicted this big wave and again depending worst case scenarios and best case scenarios and of course the newspapers report the worst case scenarios every time but even so they did not factor in any seasonal difference again Sorry, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I think we've worked that one out by now. Uh, and they did not factor in um, the, the effect of vaccines. So, again, we've got two groups of people who don't believe the vaccines work. The government, it would appear from every interview I've done in the last few weeks, don't appear to think the vaccines are working because we're not allowed to reap the benefits of them. Um, and, and bizarrely, all, all the experts on stage don't appear to think the vaccines work. I think the vaccine, I appear to be the only anti-vaxxer in the building. Um, uh, but this is, I mean, this this is not, so not anti-vaxxer. The pro-vaxxer, they're all anti-vaxxers. They don't seem to think they work. This is the thing I don't understand is that, if you have a model that is making predictions based on assumptions, and if one of your assumptions is that the vaccine rollout won't really work and the vaccine doesn't really work and that there is no seasonal difference, and the first stage of that is March 8th, schools go back, and you can see that instantly, you can see there was no spike. Within a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, you can see there was no spike. At that point, should you not go, clearly the assumptions in our models are wrong. We have got to go back to the starting blocks and start again. The fact that they did not do that I think, frankly, is terrifying. Now, there are things that I've got wrong over the last year. I'm not pretending. I've never pretended to be an expert. Sometimes the experts who, who, who I've listened to have got things wrong. Sometimes they've got things magnificently right and people have castigated them at the time. And, and later people will say, ah, oh, they were right all along. Um, but, 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 but these are people who are still being listened to as if they are quite literally sages, as if they are able to predict the future. And, and millions of lives and our freedoms and our rights and our ability to enjoy life, to see our families, for people to open businesses, to get a job, rely on these people knowing what they're doing. And they get it wrong again and again and again and again. And they're still being listened to by the BBC, by Sky, by ITV and by the government. I find it bewildering. Yes, I think there's nothing wrong, of course, with getting things wrong. I think, you know, we, we should be applauded for getting things wrong. It's sort of practice, isn't it? And, and saying we got it wrong. But it's important that we look at people's track record. And if you have a track record of getting things wrong, then you do have to sort of think a bit more critically about what that individual is saying to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also the National Education Union yesterday wrote a letter to uh, Gavin Williamson, the Education Secretary, calling for uh, uh, kids uh, in school to keep their face masks. Of course they did. I mean, it is absolutely terrifying. Uh, this is where they are. They say face masks in schools and colleges help keep students and staff safe. No evidence for that statement, by the way. And reduce community transmission. No evidence for that statement either. And to remove these prematurely would be foolhardy. Um, again, pff, no evidence for that uh, statement either. Prematurely. Uh, they were supposed to wear them for three weeks. Um, it's already quite a long after that. Um, I despair. And frankly, National Education Union, not the teachers who, who are perfectly normal people going about their business. The National Education Union leadership, frankly, in my view, um, and feel free to get a lawyer if you want. I think you're psychopaths. I genuinely think you're psychopaths and you should have no business ever being anywhere near any child the Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.